Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Adam Pritchard, a chartered accountant and founder of Linford Gray, a UK advisory and accounting firm servicing clients in the hospitality and e-commerce sectors. Adam has extensive experience in accounting, management, consulting, and client services. He is a keen fight fan and spent his youth competing around the country. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders podcast, Adam Pritchard. Sorry, I'm late. No, you're right. You're right. You've got a very comfy little setup there. There's afternoon, British afternoon sun. The, the, the yep. sun is out and the pound is down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which gives with one hand, he takes with the other. That's right. <laughs> the I don't know which one you prefer. I'd probably take the sun. I think as long as you're not planning on travelling here for a while. <laughs> no, I uh, I get married at the weekend, and so I'm oh. going to take the sun. Yeah. No. Well, congratulations. Hmm. Uh, Thank his, you. Her name. Tell me all about the uh, the the process coming up to this weekend. Coming up to this weekend. Well, uh, her name's Lily. Lily, yes. We've been together for about 10 years. Oh, yes. that's. <laughs> there's something about accountants that seem to have a very long um, maturation period mm. of relationships. Yeah, <laughs> There was sure. another one I was like 15 <laughs> years or something that I was talking to. Yeah, well, we've got we've got a little girl. She's three. Oh, lovely. We were, we got engaged before we had Evangeline, and then, then Lily wanted to wait until Evangeline could be part of the wedding and understand oh, it. Oh, how nice. Yeah, so... And we sat at the back end of 2021 and I said to her, we'll get married this year. Don't worry. And she said, yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> the, pand- the pandemic had meant that all of the weddings had been canceled and all of the. That's right. But it's... she, uh, but we saw, we found a venue really close to us. Uh, oh, cool. A, far, a, a sort of outdoor foresty type venue, which was perfect. And so it got booked in and the process up to now has been, I've been very quiet, very patiently listening to everything that Good. is required of me. Good. And I will, Good. Tu- I will turn up on Saturday not shit-faced. And, no, and deliver. <laughs> <laughs> don't go out the Friday. Don't let your mates take you out and uh, have you home at four in the morning on, on the Friday night. That's, no, that's never, never uh, looked upon nicely. <laughs> um, and, and you look far too wise and mature to do such a thing anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, it's Thursday. I'm going out on Thursday. <laughs> there you go. Good idea. Good idea. That'll be fun. Oh, and that's very exciting to have your daughter as part of the the wedding. She's probably just as excited as anybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gets to live like a princess for a day. She's yes, and she looks so, <laughs> and she's the spit of her mum. Thank God. So, oh. uh, <laughs> not she's... short hair and a beard. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, so, that'll yeah, be spectacular. Well, congratulations. That's very exciting. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Hard earned. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, Hard especially earned. over the last few years, like, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, I talked about it a bit on this podcast, but um, I guess postponing a wedding is an ideal. But um, you know, like, there's uh, plenty of others have suffered, like uh, not being able to graduate and <laughs> um, yeah. lost all loved ones and all just, kinds of, just all hundreds, kinds of craziness. All, yeah, all kinds of awful things, right? That, How's business been through the pandemic for Linford? It's been good. It's been good. We were always online. We were digital. We were used to working the way that I think the rest of the world has had to quickly get used to working. 
and it meant that we could be there for our clients. It was sort of business as usual for us. And I think a lot of, well, my impression is that some accounts in this country just, you know, sort of packed up shop, furloughed their, furloughed their staff, left a lot of their clients in the cold. And so we actually grew quite significantly over the pandemic. Yep. Yep. And there wasn't a great, what, what we, I mean, you're sitting in a lovely office at the moment, but what was the, um, what, did you have people sort of more or less sort of hybrid arrangements anyway? Uh, no, we've always been based in the office. We've always been, yeah, based right. in, we've, we've always been based in the office and throughout the pandemic, we just managed that process a little bit more mm. cleanly. So, you know, rotors and schedules and remote working wherever yeah. possible, but also, you know, it's nice to get into the office and see people and and you know communicate face to face and you and you without that you lose all of the not just the camaraderie but the ability to solve problems (laughs) by just leaning over a desk and going this client's just emailed me have you got that or do you understand what we what what, where we're picking this up from yeah so yeah yeah tell me what's your journey to accounting tell me all about that (laughs) all about my journey to accounting. well i actually started Mm. my career as uh i'm not sure whether you would call me an actor or performer but i used to be in west end and touring shows as uh singer dancer uh that's where i met lily lily's an actor oh lovely uh, yeah yeah she's still successful i was not that successful <laughs> you, found, <laughs> you found a safer career <laughs> yeah for sure one, one well we're gonna stick to our strengths mate we're gonna stick to our strengths absolutely so yeah i was doing that uh i went on tour uh, with South Pacific, uh, direct, uh, which was directed by an American guy called Bartlett Sher, who was an award-winning, award, Tony award-winning guy. Uh, but the boys are on stage for maybe forty minutes out of a three and a half hour show, and so I just picked up some distance learning on the ACCA because I had A level, was in and a degree in, in economics, had a degree in history, was always interested. So I thought I'll just read these books, distance learning. <laughs> well, in- while everybody else is working out there, yeah. I'll get a degree. That's <laughs> a good so idea. So we so that, and that's exactly what I did. And then I did my I did my last job in 2012, which was an arena tour of Jesus Christ Superstar, oh, yeah. uh, which is the tour I met Lily on. So I no uh, you know I no I no longer needed to meet girls either. So I, I no, that's right. That's, that's all, the, all, that the, all the motivation had gone. <laughs> yeah, could leave that behind me and started working in the city in London, an independent film company, then a management consultancy. I left there. Lily started to take more TV and film roles, which meant we didn't need to be in town. She didn't need to be in the West End, going to matinees and all that type of stuff. So we moved back up. We moved back up to Leicestershire, where I'm from. She's from Atherston, which is just on sort of like 40 minutes away from where I was born and raised. Took an office. This is out. We're in, we're in a brand new office here that we moved into and we bought last year and moved into it that was funded by the growth throughout the pandemic, which was yeah, really cool. great and was sort of the realization of a dream. But in 2018 that we moved back up, I started Linford Gray as, as we know it today. And mm-hmm. we hired Sophie, our head of media and marketing. She's been a godsend and a real, uh, a real asset to the business. And we've grown the accountancy team. And now we've got, now we look, now we're in these, these lovely offices. There's, there's me, there's Sophie, the head of media and marketing. We have a content creator and two other accountants that work in house with us. And how is the having a full time marketer? What does that mean for growth? Uh, well, I think when, whenever whenever we talk to people, people are surprised at how fast we've grown mm. over the the nearly four years that we've been trading. I think there are accountants, perhaps more traditional accountants out there, that would do that growth in ten years. 
mm. rather than mm. rather than mm. in the four. But I and, and it's something that and it, it obviously allows us to focus. It, it's, it's allowed yep. us to to build the brand. And so I think I think aside from the sort of lead acquisition and the business development, it makes us a more complete business, more complete business, and a more complete practice than most, a better business, yeah, uh, and a more consistent business. And that, I think that's been incredibly valuable on those fronts. Yeah. So growth has been something that's sort of built in from the start, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, I'm not. I, I couldn't afford when I started the business. I couldn't afford to be of the school where it was like, well, if you know, if we lose money for the first however many months, no problem. The business had to make money from the beginning, and I was going to work 23 hours a day mm-hmm. to make it make money if that's what it required. Uh, and Sophie was our first hire. We was we were you know I was still oh, stacked cool. at the time that we hired Sophie. I was still stacked out with work. I was still delivering for clients on ev- running every aspect of their compliance and advisory work. But we bought Sophie on anyway because we knew without somebody driving the growth of the business, we were always going to be stuck at the back of this barn in a in, a, in mm, one room mm, with mm, me mm. with me like and the horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With me, you know, just desperately trying to bash away work at 16 yeah, hours a yeah. day. So she was the first hire. And then I think six to eight months later, we we hired another accountant. That and, you know, hopefully we'll just keep filling the funnel and growing the team and, and taking yeah, over the yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. No, keep, keep with, with, with carbon at the center. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear. Glad to, <laughs> we get to that later. That's all right. The, um, okay. So. Acting, uh, singing. Have you got? Have you got a favourite uh, musical that you were in? And, or, and oh, that, that I was performing? in. Mm. Uh, I, I have to say, the experience of being on Jesus Christ Superstar was incredible in the arenas. Mm. That's yeah. something that that's something that you know you sort of live with. It, it worked differently to other tours. Most of the tours, you're like carting yourself around on trains or or driving. <laughs> you're staying in. You're staying in digs. It's a, mm. it's a it, and you're there for like twelve months. It's a nightmare. But this was like a three-month gig, and they treated you like it was like you know like it was a rock star tour. It was mm. tour buses. It was tour buses. It was nice hotels. They it was catering. <laughs> on, it was catering on site, and you were you know I think the O2 holds twenty million twenty thousand people, and so to you know to open it at the O2 and have all of and have all of those people there and the lights and the sound, the orchestra and the band was incredible. Mm. That was really great. Yeah, uh, but um, I am also partial to the classics. I do love. I've, I was never in it, but I do love carousel and that and it's been given completely new meaning for me as a father <laughs> <laughs> well the um we saw, when we we're up there earlier in the year over there i guess uh saw wicked which was great and um my wife went to some you know the typicals while i was working and like Miz and and all of that but uh georgia who's a mad into harry potter saw saw the marathon oh really is the, the harry potter play so there's it's amazing really though getting you know like uh getting back to pre-covid levels of attendance and, and all the fantastic yeah, yeah. musicals in west end <laughs> yeah yeah they've done they've done well to come back it was must it was a very tough year for a lot of people we've actually got a friend yeah. tom plays ron weasley in the harry potter in the oh, west end cool. And he had, a, and and he was, I think during the pandemic, they obviously, I think it's uh, I can't remember her name. He runs a theatre. I can't remember her name, but uh, that, that all closed down. It's a Sonia Friedman production. Yeah. It all went down. And he was sort of like left with a mortgage to pay, self-employed, yeah. couldn't yeah. get any, couldn't really get any of the government support other than the SE, other than the self-employed scheme, which wasn't the most robust. Yeah. And I think I think you know that he ended up look, he ended up looking at 
to support his family going down the supermarket and stacking and no joke stacking the shelves yeah. until it came back you know so you go from that sort of life where your salaries your weekly wage is a cracking one at that in that kind of a show and uh but you're but you're living the life that yeah you have you, you know you live you live to your means don't you you know and that's he's right, living he's living that life and then suddenly boom switched off yeah. no su- yeah. no support so yeah that was a big wake-up call for him but they've returned and then you know back to normal so yeah good stuff after your musical career were you working at a at a at a, at a larger firm or anything like that you just thought no, I'm no, just going to go in and do, no. do, do this. I, I know how to do this. This looks easy. I've studied all the books. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, when, when you're doing that kind of thing, there can be a couple of months before you go from one job to getting another, mm-hmm. and that's and that's if you're lucky. So it's, it's rare the actor that, you know, that, that level that goes job, 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 job. Sort of came off superstar, having, having got a fair chunk of my qualification over the last couple of years, and I just emailed everybody i wanted to work for a film company because i thought it would be glamorous and i was like i'll Mm. I'll make i'll make this move i can i can see me working in the finance department of film company i emailed every film company i could find in london one you know and i'm lucky to get that one guy but that one guy david groundwater at river film got back to me and just said come in like come in tomorrow i'm you know you're very (laughs) that sounds like film yeah (laughs) yeah he's like you've hit a very serendipitous sort of yep, point i was yep. just having this conversation come in tomorrow and then a week later i was i was their junior finance manager right okay uh, and how long were you there how long were you at river film then i was there for i think just over a year before yep. i got over ambitious and moved on to a management consultancy in piccadilly <laughs> oh right yeah yeah so i i and my, my brother's a super successful corporate guy and he's and he's younger than me and he, and he I, I think he still works for the omnicom group uh, or or a, a subsidiary within that group, but he he moved his career forward very quickly as as a young twenty in his early twenties. And the part of the way he'd strategized to do that is every every sort of year he would go and say to his employer, "I've gone out, I've got a new offer on the table, match it, or I'm moving on." Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Employers love that. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same with River Film, and I moved into a management consultancy in London. It turned out that that was probably I don't know, a blessing in disguise, but I think I think it was like six or eight months later they made that whole department redundant because it was just one right. part of a, of a larger gig. And that was the right. point at which I said, Well, I know what I'm doing now. I've yeah. got my I've got my qualifications and I think I can do it better. Mm. I don't like the way that I don't like the way that they were doing it. It was boring, it was frustrating, it was slow, and it had very little value. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do this for myself. Yep. And thus, uh, Linford Gray, but you're uh, Adam Pritchard, so I've got to ask where, where uh, <laughs> Linford where is not Linford Pritchard spelled backwards or anything no. like that. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, where we're based, or where we were, where we were based before we made this move, we're probably 10 minutes away from it now, were it's called Bradgate Park. And Bradgate Park is the ancestral home of Lady Jane Gray, who was queen for a day. Oh, I don't so know that where, story. What's, what's that's that where story? The Gray, I'm, I'm not. I've got a history degree and I could not tell you the oh, whole story. <laughs> we better cut this bit out. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll, go, we'll come back to this and we'll re- we'll do a yeah, do five yeah, minutes just, of half-assed internet research just, and we'll have we'll come Wikipedia up with the story. It. <laughs> it was a ho- it was the whole deal with the Protestants versus the Catholics, I believe, and, oh, and the, she was she was that old that old pro- that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she became 
queen, but then was very quickly deposed by Mary Queen of Scots. I think that's I think that's the story, right. uh, and and subsequently executed. I imagine. Oh, of course, yeah, chop them, chop their heads off, and yeah, Bradgate. Oh, okay. Bradgate Park, all right. Well, the uh, Park. so that's where it is. Here you go. The um, this is in the fifteen hundreds, mm-hmm. so the sixteenth century. Nine days queen. Nine days. There you go. Nine days. And uh, she was the great-granddaughter of Henry VII. So that must have had something to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, anyway, there's too much to read now, but we'll come back to that and we'll we'll find find a way to weave it in. (laughs) I'm going to get slammed online for not knowing. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay. So so there's the grey. There was a short-lived queen who who probably became headless. Well, let's just assume she only lived for... uh, she wasn't very old. She's only like uh, twenty years old when she died, or something. So there you go. She, she, she didn't write any. She, she wasn't uh, around long enough to have a big influence. But she's, she'll be very proud of her accounting, uh, her name on the on on famous accountants. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if only she knew. If only she knew. If only <laughs> she knew exactly. And so, and and all right. So the the grey is sort of a location and tied to history and the Linford. Uh, it's in the town of Newtown Linford. So the Linford right. and the Grey, we just took the last of each. Very good. So, could, you know, you've added the associates. I mean, it could be a homewares store, you know, like if you thought of sort of, sort of selling candles or something, <laughs> Linford Grey could. Yeah, you go, you're right. That, <laughs> it's, it's Yankee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've thought about selling lots over the years. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months, I took a quick look at OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, there you had that go for you. Not very well. <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> well, you know, des- de- desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, so, mostly women, some boys, but uh, have, yeah. have done extremely well. <laughs> extremely well. Good, good on. Can't knock it, like, can you? No, no, no. I mean, the depends where you are. If you're down in, um, you know, conservative uh, Texas and or Florida, and you're not, um, and you're not blown over. Some mums of of kids had a few issues, but apart from that, most people have done. <laughs> some yeah. people have done very well out of it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They don't, they don't like their seeing them the uh, the mums naked at drop off, or you know, like previous <laughs> right. So that's the issue. But um, we're more liberal up here on the west coast, so we <laughs> we don't have such issues. But um, well, no, I, I love the name. I love the branding. Thank you. And. Uh, the success so far. So, tell me about some of the, the your client base. Do you, uh, you know, focus on a particular uh, type of client or geographical area? Where, you know, close to Leicester. Where, how, how how do you think about that? Uh, well, we don't focus on a particular type of client. I think that's, uh, and, and we don't focus on, a, on on any particular geographical area. I think the fact that we are completely cloud based allows mm-hmm. us to, you know, provide service and provide a reliable, scalable service for anybody, regardless of where they are in the country. We've got clients in Northern Ireland. We've got clients in Edinburgh. We've got clients in London. We've got clients from the Midlands, which is where we are, we're at. Yep. So, so we don't particularly focus on that. Uh, and in terms of a niche, we've developed a niche in the hospitality sector. But I think mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. arrived kind of organically because we've done a good job for a couple of people. We've taken yep. the time to understand what their pain points and bottlenecks are. And they've then, you know, sort of done repay repaid their favour by by referring in work. So we've developed that kind of a niche. But I think our niche really is taking businesses that and using technology to help mm-hmm. them streamline their data, building in integrations that sort of 
cross that border between finance and operations as well so that we can deliver real-time outputs that mean something to them. And I'd say that was our niche, if anything. It's, it's, our, it's the lead that we take with technology. Yeah. And the time and the heartbreak that that saves <laughs> on, on the client's end. Yeah. So they're typically businesses that are looking to sort of progress, perhaps operationalize, um, perhaps improve their uh, capacity to deliver those kinds of things and, and looking for a partner to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's fairly accurate. People that people that want growth don't necessarily know how to achieve it. They want numbers, but don't necessarily know what that looks like. And they want control and transparency over it. And they don't want to have to spend the time themselves in bringing that all together. We they can they come to us and we say we know the space, we know the tech, we know how to communicate. We're not your traditional accountant. We don't take on ad hoc work from people that just call us up and want us to do their statutory accounts. We focus on those relationships that we have. Uh, so we can plug you in and we can start playing and we can deliver whatever you need to deliver, whatever we, whatever we need to deliver, you know, because we have this tech that we, that we can leverage on your behalf. And that doesn't all, I, you know, we're not the cheapest accounts out there, but I would say that we are one of the best small firms in the, in the UK. Cool. Your reputation certainly confirms. Tell me about some of these hospitality clients because some of them probably would have, uh, you know, ha- had to take drastic action mm-hmm. during COVID. Have you got Have you got some stories about uh, their journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the key thing that was, I mean, I mean, a lot of those hospitality businesses are up in Scotland, and they had a harder right. time during the pandemic because Nicholas Sturgeon was more reluctant to ease off the restrictions than we were than than they were in England. So yeah, they went, you know, it, it was sort of when it all kicked when it all kicked off, it was all hands to the pump, you know, we need mm. a civils application and then they introduced the bounce back and we we can we get that? Yeah, you can. And you know, how do we top people up? Don't we top people up on the job retention scheme? How do we manage this process? A lot of them are leased their news and so the breweries were helping them mm-hmm. to a certain mm-hmm. extent, but they've got their own pressures to manage. But now that it's and then it was all started, it was all coming back. You know, they didn't have a very good Christmas New Year because because of the restrictions up there. Mm. And mm. then they got hit with train strikes. Mm. And so people weren't coming into the cities anymore. So they've had a difficult time. And, and I think regardless of whether you're in, less so in London, but certainly as you move into Scotland, a lot of the narrative that we're seeing around that is business is coming back, but it's not coming back the way it was. It's not quite there in the way it was pre-pandemic. And I think, you know, they're sort of making, making small losses, breaking even, making small profit. They're really having to manage the fixed overhead of the business and understand their break-evens and, and really control their margins on the top lines. And I think the question I'm asking them at the minute is, you know, we keep talking about a return to normal. What if mm. this is the new normal? How do you yeah, make what, what if this is the normal? Yeah. Yeah. How do you make this work if it is an eighty thousand pound a month venue? as opposed mm. to a hundred and twenty thousand pound a month venue. Mm. You've got to mm. you've got to really start considering that because your cash burn rate says you've got six months left. Something yeah. like that. So we really have to start wondering, is is the strategy that we're just pinning our hopes on business returning? What if this is the new normal? So those are the conversations we're having with those venues at the minute. And it seems to be the venues that are sitting in the middle of that, in the middle of the market. People you know, the where you go for not where you would go for nice food but not expensive food mm. where you would go for a nice drink but you're not going you're not you're not going out, it's not out Michel- it's not Michel- Michel- <laughs> right but we've got 
a very we've got a fine dining restaurant open in Mayfair that we that we look after. They've gone great. They've gone great guns <laughs> at the top end. The wealthy aren't really affected, and they will still go for very expensive dinners. It's the middle. It's the middle classes and the people catering to those that have been most adversely affected. Mm, interesting is, is my is my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in your client base, what mm. and I mean, I guess it's that some of them have got to ask themselves if. if uh, I don't mean to put it crudely, but if they can be fucked, you know, like if you can't, if you're gonna, if you're gonna scrape this out, if you're gonna just have to constantly grind and grind because you know it doesn't look like for what it, you know, like working from home means that people aren't in the cities on Fridays and Fridays in England over the twelve weeks of summer had thirty five yeah. million people on on every pub corner, right? Mm, and exactly, Scotland, yeah. obviously, um, you just can't understand them as much. And <laughs> they, you know, like it, it, the the world is is a different place, and uh, yeah, and and it affects people in different ways, and provides opportunity, and provides heartache, and and pain, and that's a song. I think it was foreigner or something, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, those decisions are being made all across the world, aren't they? I mean, San, San Francisco, which we don't live in anymore, but, um, you know, has just, just had enormous turnover of restaurants and things. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a big, it's a big question. And if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? Yeah. Do you want to eke out? Do you really want to eke it out? Or, or mm. uh, you know, we're going to have to really, you're going to have to think again about what we're up to. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a big question. It's a big question. I think people are still holding on at the minute. There's still you yeah. know, this, this, a couple of people have chosen to restructure. A couple of people have chosen to restructure and get out of unprofitable venues that they didn't think were very profitable pre-pandemic. In the first place, yeah. Well, that yeah. That's my, probably makes it a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, and you've got and you, there's a narrative behind why you're doing it that, that can yeah. be understood. I think people, are, in the, for the most part, people are still hanging on saying, it's going to return. It's going to come back. Yeah. You know, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, well, in I mean, in the UK in particular, and and I guess sort of, well, the, you know, the Greater United Kingdom. I mean, it's nearly like uh, lurching from one crisis to the fucking next crisis. Is it? Like, if it's not COVID, it's Brexit. If it's not Brexit, it's the pound. Like, we're nearly at parity to the US dollar, which I don't. Oh, the last time it was even close to that. Uh, how's your history? I'm not was, sure. I think I saw it in like 1974 <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was ten. It's 19, 19, yeah, 1984, 1985 was around sort of that 80-90 cents. It's never. It's extraordinary. So you know, like that. That has a dramatic impact. Your imports go up if that's what the business you're in, and, and all, yeah, all no, that and, kind and of thing, right? <laughs> I think broadly on consumer confidence as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah. People. People. Of people. There's definitely an uncertainty. We've, we're feeling that with clients, everybody wants that little bit more attention that, you know, they're looking to shore up their, their resources and make sure that they've yeah. got the resources to, to last a crisis or some, or, you know, or to take the cost of increased energy or all that yeah. type of stuff. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh yeah. You got to stay warm. Yeah, yeah. Winter's coming. You got to stay warm. You yeah. can't get your gas from Russia anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Boris, like, yeah. Boris has done a fucking great job. He's like, I'm out of oh, here. <laughs> see, see you pricks. <laughs> fucking have at it. <laughs> it all went down, didn't it? It was like, I, I, I sat, I sat a few months ago and I was like, Christ, like 
just had the pandemic. Our, now they're at war in, there's war <laughs> yeah. in Ukraine. There's an energy yeah. crisis. Inflation's through the roof. Interest rates yeah. are set to rise. Mortgage, about, mortgages have gone skyrocketing. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so there is the a, bombs in, in, in yeah. here. It's like, fucking hell. It's um, crazy. No, it, just, it just feels sort of like Armageddon-ish, doesn't it? How, uh, well, that's a good question. Well, it wasn't a question. It was a. St- it is. Uh, it was rhetorical, but I agree. Um, it's a bit Armageddon-ish. How does that affect you as a firm owner and as somebody that you know is, is obviously cares a lot about your clients and their their journey? How, how do you think about that for your not only your firm but your staff and your and your own mental health? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a good place. I would like to think that's the result of hard work and good judgment. But, you know, there's bound to be some luck involved in that as well. And we were able to give people pay increases to help them manage the cost of living. And we actually have a little bit of capacity in the business. We could take on more clients. And I think that's where it could, so that's where it lands on you as the business owner. I am the fact that we've got some capacity in the business and I'm not as operational as I was six months ago allows me to actually focus on my KPIs as the owner of Linford Graham, not just everybody else's. And so we're doing that sort of analysis now on, you know, what's the, you know, how much of, what have we done this? What have we done so far this year? Where are we going this year? Are we meeting the month? Have we, are we meeting the monthly targets? Are we realistic in those monthly targets? What are our practice KPIs, which we, you know, we look at through carbon and are we servicing these clients in line with the service levels as we promised? And are we responding in time and making sure that we respond properly and not just with I had this conversation funny I had this conversation with with the guys today. I said I think everybody needs to you know we just need to take a step back again, take a deep breath, think about not just think about I'm going to get this answered so I can move on and re- and really ask ourselves the question what's going to help this what's going to help the client and so often that's not a three paragraph email that explains to them how their payroll <laughs> tax is calculated. It's a loom video that shows them how their payroll tax is calculated. So take the time. Let's help. Let's ask the question, how do we help people, not just how do we process the work? But yeah, and I think in terms of our clients, it becomes about support and giving them access to what they need access to. And so one of the things that we've done for a lot of our clients is we is on the futurely boards that we build for them, we've built break-even analysis on everybody's board. Mm, mm. And so for things like a hospitality venue, we had to strip out salaries and add them back into the top lines so that we could get a fixed overhead and, and, yeah. re- and understand the real gross margin of running that venue so that we could say to each and every one of those venues, so you need about X amount of money to break even. And if yeah, you average just, that just, out... just to open the doors, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think funding is going to become more important. We're working very closely with Swoop and Capitalize to make sure that we're abreast of all the products that are available and how and just being on the lookout. And the fact that we deliver that regularly scheduled MI just means that when people means that people do get that input from us, they do get they are across their numbers. They do understand their performance. We had a case earlier this year where it was like, "Well, guys, you know, you're three months into the year and you've and, and you've lost a hundred grand. Like, what's going on? This is going to be a problem for you. Are you going to, you know, are we? What's the reason? Are we going to trade out? Do we need money to manage these deficits? Let's have this conversation quickly. Mm, mm. And we, you know, that." You know, we jump and then you jump on that call. You pr- you provide that information, and it's and that is the perfect reason why you invest in those relationships, both from both sides, from both sides. And what happened to them? Uh, they they had very good reasons as to why they'd taken that loss in in the first quarter of the year, and they believed they could trade out. 
and so it becomes about the time doesn't it, it becomes about how how long to trade out if you, this is going to be this is going to be an 18 month process there's a, there's, there's going to be deficits and so we are in the process of building that forecast identifying the deficits at which point we will go out with swoop or capitalize and access and try and access funding yeah across your portfolio is, is there a customer a client that you're most proud of that stands out to you as one that you're very proud of being on the journey for yeah i think the fine dining restaurant that we just we spoke about is one that we're really proud of he came to us there's a husband and wife couple they came to us with having having run a different business mm. and he he did very well in uh in crypto over the years right uh, so he had a chunk of money he was he was ready to invest and we put the whole thing together for them like we under, we understood the model so we modeled it out we gave them their metrics we put the pack together for the lenders and for the banks we so we were really critical in securing that funding we obviously you know we carried on as their account and won that won that piece of business to be their account and the way that we've delivered mi for them over the last five six months and the input that we've had has really helped them grow that business and make decisions and they are absolutely tracking to where they need to track to so I'm, and the offer and i think i'm you know i'm strangely i'm proud not just because we did it because their offer is so great as well i've been to that restaurant i came out i came out and i felt like i've been to a spa it was mm. phenomenal so it was nice to see that you know we got involved with something at the, from the very from the very beginning as it was just you know it was, it was an idea they knew it they knew a chef and they were like what would it take and then you see that finished product and you're like this is incredible they've had rave reviews oh, and and they've continued to do do well so i'm really proud of that i'm really proud of that i'm mo- you know mostly i'm proud of my own business <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should be yeah which which aspects in particular i'm very proud of the way that we've delivered for people i'm very proud of the way that we deliver for people i'm looking at there's always that sort of self-doubt mm. in it certainly in me where you're like is this good is this is this the way it <laughs> should, is fucking this, good at this <laughs> yeah is this the way it should is this the way it should yeah. be could i be doing better is it really acceptable but over the over the, over the last couple of years we've really i've really understood how do i manage this how do i manage these workflows how do i do it to a level that i'm proud of and how do we deliver for people consistently and reliably and i look now at what we're what we're doing for people and i'm like this is really fucking good like mm. it's really good I look at people's numbers and I'm like, this is organized. It mm. makes sense. It mm. tracks to the for- it tracks to the forecast. Mm. There's no holes in this. I can put my finger on every number that I'm looking at. This is great. And we're not just doing it for one guy because we, we, we like him. We're doing it for all of our clients. And it happens as a matter of course. I'm not yeah. having to make a special effort to deliver it. It happens yeah. as a matter of course. Uh, so I'm really proud of I'm really proud of that. So you should, be. <laughs> uh, and everything that goes and everything you know and everything that goes around it. We have built a great team. Yeah. My youngest junior accountant walked into the office today and said, "Adam, I put a, I put an offer in on that house over the oh, weekend." Oh, cool! <laughs> and it's like great. As that's her achievement, but it's also yeah. our achievement. Yeah, definitely. You know, we put you came to us with no skills, having worked for twelve and a half grand a year for the last three years. We gave you a proper job and a proper wage. Invested in your education. And now, just a few short months later, you're buying your first ever house. Like, how wonderful is that? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that. She's enjoying her role and she's enjoying working with you and learning from you. And the implication with your story then is kind of like a a no dickheads policy, right? You're working with people that you 
with clients that you enjoy that you that you can can see yourselves going on the journey with yeah absolutely absolutely i mean there are a couple of dickheads you get them everywhere (laughs) well you just got a sack then yeah but i think i think i think that's sort of the process we're very you know you've got to upfront with people as well you know we sat at the client meeting we said this guy is not he's sending rude emails yeah they're they're passive aggressive they're not really they're not really fair and you know you give that guy a call and you say is this turning sour what's happening because we're here to help i'm not getting the impression that you're very happy so Mm. what what needs to happen to bridge this gap Mm. and you know we had that we had that conversation but yeah it is and certainly in terms of certainly in terms of the team i think the message here is you will create the life for yourself that you want to create and that will not always and if you if you want extraordinary things in life you will have to make extraordinary effort and even some Mm. sacrifices Mm. but if you and, and for as long as we can serve your interest as an organization we will serve your interest as an organization. If you outgrow us mm. and move on, wonderful. Yep. We will send, uh, our aim is to send you in. If, if that happens, we want to send you into the world thinking about Linford Gray as the place that you learn your trade, as a wonderful place and as a reputable practice that you, that you think fondly of and, and would recommend and trust. And so everybody takes a large amount of personal responsibility everybody communicates everybody's involved in the meetings and the blue skies and where we're going and we don't hide any of the conversations or or queries from anybody and i think that's part of being a small team as well is that you get emily the junior account has probably been probably been exposed to conversations that she wouldn't have been exposed to in a a larger organization (laughs) yeah 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 and that's great I, i think that's great i think that's great that's a good thing that's a good thing i do too i don't i don't mean to um formalize this but the greatest problems that nearly every firm that we speak to have retain attraction and retention of talent is kind of way up there and how do you think about that in the in the context of of our conversation just now around you know building these people into great accountants into great leaders into great employees i try i don't know i don't necessarily i don't know whether i don't know what i don't know i don't know how they see me it's difficult because i think about how i want to be seen we I've built an infrastructure that means I don't have to badger people. Mm. I don't need to be on you on your back asking yeah. if you've done this. I know it. Yeah. It's it's processed and I and I will see it. <laughs> I will approach you with respect. I will tell you the truth. I'm honest with myself and I hold myself accountable and I lead. So I don't expect mm. you to do anything I haven't done or wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not holding myself to a different standard than I'm holding you to. If you want more money, more responsibility. Those things are fine within the parameters of what we can do for you. And that's, that's exactly sort of where, I'm, where I went before. And as long as we can serve your self-interest and all pursue the collective goals of the organization, we will do that. If you outgrow us, you can move on and we'll, we'll be happy to have been part of your career and your life. But in terms of, I mean, we, we did, we, we hired within the last six months and it was hard. The mm. pandemic is, as I think, um, right, rightly or wrongly, it's it's not for me. But I don't. I worked remotely for a while when I was when in between working for the partnership and starting for Gray. And I was I felt it, I it was incredibly. I found it incredibly lonely. Mm. Uh, I like to be around people. I want to build a culture, uh, an organization, and so. And but but a lot of people we were seeing wanted to work completely remotely. Yeah, and that's just and that that's fine for them, but it's just not yep. for us. So we yep. we held out, and we took somebody on that we thought, 
that we that we that we believed would adhere to our cultural values. We can teach people. It's that you know that's probably it's probably a, a popular saying, but we can teach people accounting. We can't teach them how to be confident, how to communicate, how to be positive, how to you know what it means to put your best foot forward. We can't teach them that. And I think I've learned during my you know learned over the years that sometimes you can be you know does it. Do, I can lead, I can lead by example, but that person has to be willing to pick up that example and run with it themselves. And so we try and hire self-starters that are, they're in, that are interested in maximizing their potential, that want to learn, that, that want to develop, that want to grow. I admire you for sort of, you know, just really sticking to what makes you happy, right? Like if you don't want to build a firm that's, four days remote and half a day in the office and two hours in a car, don't do it, right? I miss the social interaction, but we're a software company. We can, we have, I think we probably have similar values to you guys, but, uh, you know, we're pretty global now. We've got um, we're in employees in six countries or something. You know, it's just a different way of doing things. We chose to live here, you know, to raise kids, right? It's hard to build a big office in Incline Village, Nevada, um, and that's, oh, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice. That's a bit fucking white and harsh, isn't it? But, um, you know, we, what I'm trying to say here is I agree with you, right? Like be who you are and be proud of it and shout it. Don't bait and switch is right. Oh, you know, we're, we're three days remote and then, and then everybody's got to be in the office five days a week, you know, like, I think that's where people run into trouble and find it difficult to build a consistent and enjoyable culture. This has been an absolute pleasure. You should be so proud of what you've been able to achieve so far with Linford Gray. And and I know the team enjoys working uh, with you and your staff. And uh, if there's ever anything that we can do to, to help you and your success, we'd be more than happy to do so. Adam Pritchard, thank you for being on the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com/resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.